Hello and welcome to another episode of our Brothers Creed podcast where we talk about motivation, experiences, and we explore the world around us. We are the Thomas Brothers and I'm Jared. And I'm Ethan. And today we have an awesome guest on. His name is Brandon Andrews and he is the owner of the brand Meat Powered. And he lives a carnivore diet lifestyle, so he only eats meat. And this episode, we dive into, Jared and I have both kind of been interested about this a little bit. And so we dive into the life of of the carnivore lifestyle, um, only eating meat. Brandon goes into kind of the three levels of uh, intensity, let's say, all the way down from meat, salt, and water up to maybe adding in some some fruits and some vegetables and, no, it was and, beef, and different things. Beef, salt, and water. That was like the most extreme. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, beef, salt, and water. And then uh, you can get down where you like a variety of meats and, and some vegetables and fruits and stuff. But yeah, he's a great guy, super humble. He's, he's, he's building his brand around this. He's been doing it for, what, seven years, he said? Uh, yeah. Really, really great conversation. I mean, I was... Just pepper him with questions. I mean, I just was. I mean, we could talk to him for two or three hours. I was telling him at the end, but uh, it was it was a great episode, a great teaser, uh, and I'm looking forward to hearing more of his content. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, he's got uh, in Instagram, TikTok. He does a lot of shorts, just kind of educational stuff, and he's trying to drive, um, you know, this this healthier lifestyle, which is kind of what Jared and I are all about on the podcast: just building your creed, becoming healthier, and in mind, body, and spirit. That's right. And so this will be definitely one of those episodes that can can help you to do that. All right, let's di- let's dive in and do it. All right, let's do it. Yeah, I'm thinking I'm back. Most valuable commodity I know of is information. And that, my friends, is called integrity. That's called courage. Now that's the stuff leaders should be made of. Either you're somebody or you're nobody. You're not the devil. You're practice. All right. Today on the podcast, we have Brandon Andrews. Brandon, welcome. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, we we originally reached out to Brandon. Um, he has uh, we originally saw his content on social media about living um, a, a carnivore lifestyle. Um, he ha- has the company Meat Powered, and uh, where he does a, a, a lot of these, um, uh, you do like meal plans and different things like that. And you have a lot stuff. of these uh, tips and and tricks on eating uh, all meat. And so, yeah. you know, Jared and I, we're both men. We love meat. And we're like, <laughs> man, we got we to gotta reach out. We got to talk to this guy. We got to see what this carnivore uh, lifestyle is is all about. So, uh, Brandon, kind of maybe give us a little bit of a background of have you always eaten this way? Or is it something that's relatively new? Or how, how did you find it? What, what kind of mm. sparked that for you? Yeah. So, um, I started this whole diet thing about um seven years ago and yeah it for me it was out of necessity so i was really unhealthy um had just kind of done whatever throughout my life standard american diet um grew up you know 
drinking sodas and eating candy, the whole thing, normal upbringing. Um, and then, you know, I would say probably, yeah, I started in 2016. So at the time I was, you know, my, my, um, you know, early thirties and just like everything was falling apart. So, um, long that story sounds, short, that sounds familiar. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it, it it turns out like you can't just like live on just junk food your whole <laughs> life. At some point, you got to make a transition. It catches up with you uh, in your thirties if you do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you know, to be fair, like I I was always kind of like uh, struggling with health as a kid and whatnot. Um, so I tried like to do like healthy diets according to like mainstream stuff, um, and you know, unfortunately, nothing ever really worked for me. Um, you know, I remember when I was younger, for example, like I, you know, you'd see at the grocery aisle, like Cheerios with a heart sign on it, healthy for your heart. So as a kid, I was like, oh, I got to eat more Cheerios, you know, that's good for my heart. So I would eat Cheerios for like breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Uh, and you know, the whole thing, we all, we all kind of gone there. Um, but yeah, in my late teens and twenties, I tried to, you know, get in shape, you know, go to the gym get healthy, that kind of thing. So tried all the stuff that came out at the time, whether it was uh, paleo or gluten-free um, or even just like the standard advice, which was like little to no red meat and like a huge plate of veggies. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I tried that stuff. Um, and yeah, it's just like, unfortunately, nothing ever worked. Um, and so, yeah, I just kind of like gave up on it, would go try things and then not work and go back. And it was just this roller coaster. And um, yeah, so by the time I was in my late twenties, early thirties, like things were just really a mess. And, you know, so it got to the point where I was like so desperate and I felt like I had tried everything between the, you know, all veggies and no red meat to gluten-free to like kind of everything in between. Um, and uh, I, I found myself on a corner of the internet that was talking about eating like nothing but red meat and i thought it was the craziest thing i'd ever heard <laughs> um, like I, I you know it's just like you grow up especially in the time that we've grown up you hear that like red meat is bad for you so oh yeah you your intake and so hearing that you're all someone's only eating red meat is like what uh so yeah but um you know it was coming from a group of pretty you know smart people at the time i thought i was like wow they're talking about it so that's interesting and you know they were they were you know talking about the science and the history and the anthropology and the evolutionary you know theory about how all things maybe came to be over the last two three million years the whole story i went into it um and i was like well i guess i'll give it a shot because i've yeah i've tried everything else and this is actually starting to make some sense so um yeah I gave it a shot. Uh, it was really bumpy because at the time there weren't a lot of resources. And, uh, you know, so like all the other diet experiences, there was a lot of like ups and downs just trying to figure it out. And, you know, there was a few forums talking about it, a few people talking about it, but, um, yeah. So kind of figured things out the hard way. Well, let me, uh, let me ask you a question with that. Like what kind of resources do you need? I mean, I can't, like just thinking about it, like eat red meat. Okay. Well, there's like yeah. a million varieties of that. Like what, what kind of resources would right, you think right. that you would need? Yeah. So I would say like, you know, when, when I first got into it, it was just like, okay, red meat. Like I wasn't even much of a cook. So I was like, how do I, 
like what are all the varieties you know like i didn't know the difference between a ribeye steak and a new york steak or oh yeah you know, like ground beef or even what a chuck roast or chuck steak was mm -hmm. at the time i just really didn't know much yeah. um you know i cooked a few things at home but like i didn't know you know didn't know much and so it was like you know like what do i eat do i just eat like all beef and um you know can i just eat ground beef and that's it like is that yeah. good enough <laughs> yeah you know that kind of stuff um and at the time i was on a very very small budget um relatively speaking like i was like trying to make it work on about 10 bucks a day so um for me i started out basically just eating whatever meats were on sale and ground beef you got that Taco Bell ground beef that's uh, <laughs> that dog food equivalent. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. And so, yeah. So just, you know, learn things the hard way. Like, you know, there's there's like a, such a thing as like what the Native Americans used to call like rabbit starvation, which is basically what people would experience if they were living off just rabbit because the meat was too lean. It didn't have enough fat in it. Um, so people would get sick. And so, yeah, you know, like i figured that out the hard way. I was just eating like too high of protein, not of fat. And you just get like, um, I don't know. It's just, it's weird. It does this whole rabbit hole things that we can go down. Um, but generally speaking, you know, learned it all the hard way have, you know, since been doing it seven years, learned a lot and just have like, um, experienced like the, the, ex like the extremes of all sides of like feeling my worst, in my life to feeling the absolute best in my life better than I ever felt even as a kid. Like it just totally unlocked my entire existence. Honestly, you know, I wouldn't be here if it weren't for this. And it's not just because I started this whole like meat powered brand and movement and, and social media or whatever, but like physically, I just like, I didn't have the brain capacity or, or drive or ability to um, just perform. Um, so yeah, it's, it's been a game changer for me and hmm. yeah yeah you, you say you, oh. you say seven years has that been like constant seven years or during kind of holidays do you indulge a little bit more maybe have a piece of pie or stuff like that or, or do you feel yeah. like you you kind of have to have all or nothing yeah so that's kind of why i'm here because like the videos that i made that you guys um ended up seeing that kind of went viral a little bit um that stemmed from me like kind of going off track again, like in the holidays, having a few things yep. uh, and just not feeling very good. Um, all the sort of symptoms I used to deal with came back, you know, digestive issues, just feeling, you know, crummy, uh, low energy, bloating, like no motivation, all that nasty stuff that, you know, it's just not a fun way to live. And so I was like, all right, I'm going to get back on track, that whole thing. And I'm going to post it online because I've, I've had like a dream of, helping people with this kind of stuff for a long time. And um, yeah, so I shared like, um, you know, my journey of like a 30 day challenge of just getting back on track and getting my energy back, the bloating down, energy up, all that, all that stuff. And yeah, so um, I would say that like, I can get away with things today that like I couldn't when I first started, for example, like seven years ago, I was so unhealthy that I had to do the, the most strict version of this diet, which is just beef, salt, and water and nothing mm -hmm. else. Um, and it's really because like my system couldn't handle anything else. Um, and there was just so much healing that needed to occur. Um, I was so sensitive, like anything, like I couldn't have like black pepper seasonings. I reacted poorly to pork 
um, and all of this through experimentation, by the way. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, it, it turns out, you know, there's a huge, and you've probably heard of the carnivore a little bit because the carnivore diet a little bit because, you know, it's kind of gotten popular over the last few years in some circles. And I know like, you know, like Joe Rogan's talked about it a number of times on his podcast. And like, I, think, I think he does it every January, if I'm not mistaken. Um, yeah, we just had a guy on yesterday that was uh, talking about the, he does the meat diet as well. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. And, and pretty much, and pretty much we're the same as Joe Rogan. So I mean, that's uh, pretty, pretty much on par. Yeah. 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 So it's making its rounds, uh, which is great, you know? Um, and, uh, so it's, it's not so weird to be talking about it now, but it's certainly weird to like, you know, try it out and like go against everything you thought you, you knew about nutrition. So there's a learning curve and all that. Um, yeah. Well, yeah. it seems like it seems like today too that there's so much confusion around what like the nutrition actually should be. That you have this food triangle. It seems like it's constantly changing, and and didn't they you know, change it recently so that like uh like what was it like fruity pebbles or something like that or or Fruit Loops yeah. is like higher than eggs on the food pyramid yeah. as like healthiness or something the yeah. crazy well, like that? yeah it's this whole thing like in schools right uh ketchup was considered a vegetable. Right. It's like, dude, what high the fructose heck corn syrup and, and yeah. red food diet, red food coloring. Yeah. And right. so I, I know I know at the beginning you'd kind of said, um, you know, you started by humble means, right? Trying to just make it happen at the it, with whatever you had. But if someone is interested in starting this lifestyle, um, where would they start? I mean, I know you you said there's like a couple uh, in your social medias you've kind of talked about a couple different levels of right. of uh carnivore maybe explain a couple of the different levels and and i know you said you started maybe at level one which is kind of meat salt and water but yeah yeah so so i broke it down into levels because there's all these different camps in the carnivore community right now um that have kind of spawned over the last two years so um yeah, I, I try to make it as simple and as approachable as possible to just give people, you know, the knowledge and then have them be aware that there's options for them. Yeah. Um, you know, there's some, you know, just like anything, there's a lot of dogma over here and ways of doing doing things over there that like don't, you know, mesh well. And so there's there's infighting even between the carnivore groups. It's crazy, but that's just how we work as humans. So um <laughs> Yeah, so I tried to break it down and just include all of those into the three levels that I designed. So I started level one because um, that's kind of like, you can look at it like a video game or something. Like you're just starting at level one as the baseline. And that's just made up of, you know, the most nutrient rich, nutrient dense foods on the planet that are consistent with all diets throughout time. Like all ancestral diets from around the world sort of incorporates all those sorts of foods. Um, with a focus on animal foods, um, you know, primarily, you know, meats, organ meats, um, you know, broth, dairy, if you tolerate it, um, those kinds of things kind of make up the base of it. And then if you handle fruits and veggies and they're fine for you, great, do that. Um, you know, herbs and spices, all those good things, you know, if that works for you, that's great. So that's kind of the baseline level one. Um, and then level two is like, Now it's where you're trying to figure out like, oh, maybe I have some, you know, sort of allergy or reaction or buildup in my system or something going on that's like causing maybe some joint pain or some digestive issues or brain fog or something that like I want to figure out. 
then that you can start eliminating like the most common things that people learn on the carnivore diet that they actually do have issues with that they never knew. Um, and so those tend to be things like, you know, basically anything from the plant family, like any plants, we eliminate those and dairy and eggs and you just go to all meats. So beef, pork, chicken, fish, all that good stuff. Um, and, uh, and then level three from there is just like, okay, some people react to fish, some people react to pork. So beef, salt, water is like the most extreme version. And you'll see people doing that, um, that have like autoimmune issues and stuff, like real problems where it's like they can't handle anything else. And some of the more like well-known figures in the, you know, media and podcasting space would be people doing that, like Jordan Peterson, he does that. Um, for his autoimmune issues. So does his daughter, Michaela Peterson. Um, And yeah, so there's there's a number of people doing that that kind of need to. And every time they go off of it, they just, you know, have like really severe reactions and stuff. Um, So, so yeah, so I designed that system to like, just basically give people an idea of what it, what it would look like. So you could start say at level one and just introduce like more nutrient rich, nutrient dense foods you know, meats and broths and organs and all that good stuff that humans have traditionally eaten, you know, for, for a very long time that kind of have uh, got lost in the last, uh, call it 100, 200 years, especially. Which organs would you suggest, would you suggest at this level? Yeah. So the one that gets the most attention is liver. And that's because it's pretty much the most nutrient dense food on the planet. Like it, and this is the kind of thing where like some people argue against um, cause they'll look at like plants and all these other things, but it's, it's like, it's just numbers. Like how many vitamins, how, how many vitamins, how many, you know, whatever you want to count per gram does this substance have mm-hmm. and livers at the top of the list, you know? And so, um, at least for things that are important to us, I mean, it, you know, it doesn't have petroleum in it or anything else that's important for other resources, yeah. but, yeah, yeah. um, it's got a lot of good stuff in it for us humans. Um, so much so, in fact, that you can have too much of it and end up with what's called hypervitaminosis because uh, there's too many vitamins. It's that. That's dense. what happened to the liver king, right? He just got hypervitaminosis. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. He that was, explains he was everything. In, in, injecting uh, raw liver <laughs> into his, what he's doing. Right, right. Um, so, so yeah. So liver, like, it's so it's so great. You don't even need that much. Like most people can eat it once or twice a week and get their filling. You know, it's got the kind of stuff in it that, you know, like your body can store and um, and utilize over time. So liver is you know great as far as flavor goes. It's liver is definitely not on the top of the list. You know, most people don't really like it that much. Um, and you know, if you're thinking about flavor, calves liver um, is more mild, so you can start there. Um, but if you want, if you want to try an organ meat that tastes great um, and it has great health benefits, in, in my experience anyway, is just heart. Um, it's another muscle meat, just like all the other meats you're used to eating. Um, uh, but it's just, you know, it's got more nutrients in it, so um, it's got a more mild flavor, something you'd be a little more familiar with. It's a little, it's a little tougher. Um, and that, that's kind of how it works with the animals. Like the more the muscle gets used, you know, like the tougher it usually is, mm-hmm. which is why like a ribeye is like in the center of the, you know, the, the cow or whatever animal. Um, and it doesn't get a lot of like flex and movement or whatever. And so it's just kind of a nice tender piece of meat 
a lot of fat on it. Um, and then as you get closer to like, you know, the legs and, you know, the chest and all that kind of stuff, whatever, a lot of movement, it tends to get a little more tough. Um, so yeah, obviously the heart is pumping all the time. So it's, you know, it's a, it's a pretty hearty, uh, meat. Or the tongue, the tongue as well is huge in Mexico. They eat lengua all the time. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's got a great flavor. It's high in fat content, surprisingly. So, um, yeah, it's, that's a good one. Um, and it's like, it's, it's another one of those things where it's like, how deep do you want to go? Because, um, you know, there's, you can, you can eat anything, you know, everything on the animal is basically edible. And so, um, there's this whole concept that goes back thousands of years. Um, and you might call it organotherapy or like supports like, um, but it's this practice where, you know, if you have a weak organ, say a heart or anything else, you would eat the healthy version of that from an animal and it would strengthen the corresponding tissue in your own body. And so like, I, yeah, it's a fascinating topic hmm. that like I, um, yeah, that I love and I'm currently like writing about, but. Isn't eating like um, brain, I've heard that eating brain is like, it has lots of dangers in it. They're like. Yeah, yeah, there is, there's definitely like sort of. Um, <clears throat> I never, never, kidneys yeah. as well, I've never heard of eating kidneys. Yeah, so so brain gets like special attention because of like mad cow disease, like prion diseases and stuff, which which are definitely like something to be aware of. So if you source brain, you just want to be sure that it comes from a you know a good source. But um, yeah, there's ways to do it, and it's and it and it can be safe. So yeah, I mean you know there's 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 ways to do ways to do brain, and and it's it is you know it's got it's weird, but it's like. I don't know, I kind of look at it like this, like if you have, I don't know, kidney failure and you go to the doctor and they're like, oh man, we need to operate on you right away. They're not going to like bring you into the operating room, cut you open and like replace your kidney with like a bunch of kale. Like they're going to take another kidney, <laughs> and, you know, a healthy kidney. So it's not that crazy to think that maybe those tissues would have good, you know, nutrients yeah. and supportive yeah. you know, compounds in it for that respective tissue in your body. But of course, it's more complex than that. Your body, when you eat something, it does break it down into its, you know, constituents, all that stuff, all the little pieces, re-puts, you know, all that stuff, puts it back together in just the right way to utilize it for your own body. But um, yeah. yeah, these these foods for me have been a game changer. So like my favorites are liver, heart, bone marrow. Uh, bone marrow is a big, big one that um, like, there's something weird about bone marrow for me personally. I've heard other people talk about this too, where it just, it just makes me feel better. And it's hard to describe. Um, but I just, my brain works better. My mood is better. Um, everything's better when I have Hmm. a little bone marrow in my diet. So Hmm. is it maybe because it's uh, fatty or I don't know, is is bone marrow fatty? I I don't know. Yeah. So it's it's definitely fatty. Um, it has collagen in it. it. It's got a little bit of everything. And then, you know, it's got all the, you know, blood cells in it it's it's just it's got so much in it and i would love to give you all the technical details but obviously i'm i'm not a doctor so i don't really want to step out of my you know um whatever comfort zone or not even that but just like i don't don't want to come across as like the authority on all these different compounds that it might have um but i just speak from personal experience and then like what history has taught us that like um these these foods are just so nourishing and um consistent with 
everything we've done for thousands of years. It's just kind of unfortunately been lost in the last 100, 200 years, you know? Yeah. yeah. Have, have, yeah. You ever, have you ever tried a Rocky Mountain Oysters? <laughs> yeah, so I... I was wondering if I should mention it or not, because it's always such a weird topic for people, including myself, but it's actually one of the most game changing organs I consume. Really? Yeah. Tell us, tell us yeah. about the benefits of, uh, of that. Did you notice a, a yeah. difference in uh, like versus like? <laughs> yeah. So, um, did your wife notice a difference? <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, it's weird, but it, it works. It's like, you know, consuming testicles, like, I, it took me a long time to come around to it. Yeah. You know, and there was definitely people in the carnivore community that talked about it where they're like, you don't need organs. You don't need any of that other stuff. And, um, and they're right. You don't need anything, Yeah. but it, it has helped me a lot. And it certainly seems to help a lot of other people. Hmm. So, yeah. So for like testicles, like, um, it, it does all the things you kind of would think it would do. It improves just like the male function you feel better you get up with more energy your workouts are better uh your drive is better motivation like all of it just gets better um hmm. so yeah so do you um do, do you i know a lot of times people will say when you cook meat it loses some of that nutritional value do you always cook your meat or do you ever eat things raw yeah that's a good question so when I first started, I could, I didn't like the taste of like raw meat, rare meat. I always cooked it like medium rare or medium. And over the years, I almost prefer it like, like raw or like as rare as it gets. And that's interesting to me. And I think that's probably because my body, you know, is just adapting and picking up on it. Um, but there's an interesting story on this, like to cut it short, basically like Westerners came over to North America and at a time they were with the Inuit up north in the cold and um, living on an Inuit are well known for just basically living on mostly meat before they came, you know, before we came over here and started trading with them and changing things. But um, the Westerners were used to cooking their meat and the Inuit would, you would cook it a little less or not at all. And the Westerners ended up with issues like scurvy and stuff. Um, Whereas the Inuit didn't. And it turns out that like meats have trace amounts of vitamin C and other things in it that um, get degraded with heat. Um, so it's like this balance, right? Where, you know, cooking meat can make it more digestible in certain circumstances, but it also ruins enzymes and other things that help with digestion. So it's, I think there's a reason why you kind of see people having a range of cooked meat where it's like seared on the outside, but you still have it a little red on the inside. I think there's something to that. Um, and then, uh, yeah. So like vitamin C, vitamin B6, for example, they degrade under heat pretty quickly from what I recall. So, um, there's definitely a lot of that. Um, so how do you, I, so how do you get, that was one of the questions that I had specifically about scurvy, you know, back in like, uh, you know, those times people were on the ships and stuff. They didn't have anything but meat and like, you know, they have any vegetables or fruit or anything like that, so they couldn't get that vitamin C. Um, right. So how how do you how do you get that or your vitamin C? Do you get it through meats or do you supplement somehow? Or yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I mean that, that was one of the things I was worried about when I first started too. I was like, oh man, am I going to get scurvy and like my gums are going to bleed and I get sick and this whole <laughs> thing? Uh, yeah. In my seven years, I haven't seen like anyone directly get scurvy on the carnivore diet 
Um, but I know that it can happen. There's people way into this that write about it extensively on like maybe why that is. And certainly what I was just talking about, like there's trace amounts of vitamin C in meat. So as long as you don't cook it, you'll probably get enough. Um, um, so, you know, yeah, like if you're worried about it though, I mean, vitamin C, it's, it's pretty easy to get. You don't need that much. The reason, the reason that like it used to be such a problem and you hear about it through history and stuff, it's like, there's, there's all this stuff that gets technical, like carbohydrates apparently compete with vitamin C uptake. And so if you're on a high carb diet, you're going to need more vitamin C to begin with hmm. um, and all that stuff. So yeah, I would say like, if you're eating just meat, just make sure you don't cook it all the way through probably going to be fine. You can eat meats that are higher in vitamin C. There are certain meats. Uh, I don't want to say them off the top of my head because I think I'm right, but I don't want to give someone the wrong impression, but there yeah. are meats that have a little more vitamin C in it than others that you can get. Um, now when you say if you're not eating just meat, just, yeah, get a little fruit here and there and you'll be totally fine. Yeah. Now, one thing you mentioned earlier, uh, was, you know, about this and actually you talked about, uh, you know, not getting enough fat. In fact, I watched, there was an episode of the show Alone. I don't know if you've ever seen that show. Uh, no, I haven't seen it. It's where these people go out in the woods and they have to survive alone. Uh, uh, and whoever survives the yeah. longest wins. And so this one guy went out there and he shot a moose. Uh, and he got all the moose meat. And I think, uh, uh, I think it was this one. But like he put all the fat into like a tin can that he had found. Uh, and a bear came and ate the tin can, all that fat, so he couldn't get enough fat, and it was just that meat, uh, and he basically wasted away, even though he had a ton of meat. Uh, right. I think he he had he had they, they medically tapped him out because he was losing too much weight, uh, and mm. he didn't have enough fat uh, to to kind of sustain him. So uh, you yeah. you were talking earlier about the different cuts of meat uh, with your uh, with the carnivore diet. Do you like? eat a variety of different cuts that do different things and like what would that variety be yeah yeah so um yeah i guess first to say real quick if anybody's thinking about like oh am i gonna have enough fat like i, I need to think about that um roughly like if you think about ground beef for example 80 percent ground beef when you buy at the store it'll say like 70 percent 80 percent 95 percent whatever that's the you know the fat content or the lean to fat ratio um, if you get 80% meat, as long as you don't like overcook it and have all the fat drip off into the pan or into the barbecue, you'll have enough fat there, um, in that kind of meat. Um, and then like a ribeye, for example, is you'll see that very popular, like in the long-term carnivore diet, um, people like they'll, they'll basically go on just ribeyes because it's like the perfect ratio of fat to protein. And it basically turns out it's like, it's roughly, uh, 70%, um, calories from fat, 30% calories from protein. Um, and that, yeah, that generally tends to be like the sweet spot for most people on carnivore. Um, and even on like a keto diet, it could be considered keto if you're, if you're around those ranges. Hmm. Um, yeah, so, so that, that's, that's probably helpful for anybody listening to this. It's interested, you know, yeah, just making sure you get enough fat. You could do it that way. Um, if you're eating the leaner cuts, um, you know, whether it's like top round, bottom round, you know, they'll call it London broil, things like that. Um, that are a little tougher. You can just get a little, you can add a little fat to it. If you tolerate dairy, you can, you know, throw in some butter or whatever. Um, 
cheese, whatever you tolerate. I kind of, I made a, you know, food list of things to like cover those sorts of, you know, um, requirements or whatever, you know, give you like a safe food list to use hmm. if you're doing this way of eating. Like I, like, for example, when I was on a really tight budget at one point, I was eating a lot of cheap lean meat and it didn't have fat on it. I couldn't really afford ribeyes. So I would get fat trimmings from the butcher and a lot of time they'll just give them to you for free because they're throwing them away. Um, and then I would get like suet, um, which is the fat around the kidney section of the animal. And that's like, a, a, it's a slightly different composition um, that makes for a great fat. Um, and so I was living for a while there. I think I basically did it for like six months where I was e eating lean meats and suet and I felt amazing. Um, so that can be done and suet's pretty cheap. You know, you can get it for like, I don't know, couple bucks or five bucks a pound or something and it goes a long way because it's very dense it's just pure fat so um yeah so anyways i'm sorry what, what, what was the other no, that, oh, the variety yeah, yeah yeah so um like i think that, yeah so it depends like if you're doing like straight up carnivore like strict where you're not eating anything else um people tend to just stick to like beef Mm -hmm. or what's called other ruminant animals and ruminant is just like a description of the way that you know their digestive system works you know like you, you think about ruminating on something you just stand around eating chewing it. the next spot you know yeah. Yeah, yeah so they have a rumen and whatever anyways ruminant animals like you know um cow or um, deer venison elk lamb things like that um tend to be the staples in a carnivore diet just because of the way the fat content you know, it is and that kind of thing. Um, but if you're eating a variety of foods, uh, and even if you're on carnivore, I, I think there's a lot of um, benefits to having some other foods, you know, um, I'm a big fan of salmon, and oysters, um, you know, good pork, if you can get it, pasture raised pork is excellent. Um, everybody loves bacon. So yeah, you know, yeah. Yeah. So do you have like, if you eat meat, so like walk us through like what your breakfast, lunch, and dinner would look like. Yeah. Um, and if you can, so, how many calories a day are you eating just like regularly? Yeah. Well, I, I guess that's why I hesitate a little bit just because it's so hard to say like what one day looks like. Because when I'm doing like a level three, like strict meat only, I'll eat red meat and fat whenever I'm hungry um, because your body gets into a different place where it's like you just you're not really hungry ever, um, which I know sounds crazy. And, and believe me, when I first started this, all this stuff sounded crazy. But at the <laughs> time, like I couldn't even go like an hour or two without a snack or food or something. I was like always starving, always needed something, always had like these, you know, ups and downs in my energy level and stuff. And then like, you know, after months and all this stuff of adaptation, um, you just get in tune with your body in a way that's like, I never have before. So on carnivore, it, the general rule is when you make the transition, you kind of have to eat a lot because your body's going through all these changes. You need to keep it fed and you might be dealing with sugar cravings or whatever. So you just eat and you don't hold back. But over time, your body gets used to like what you need. Um, and so like these days, I'll range uh, anywhere between like a 1500 and a 3500 calorie intake for the day. Um, you know, because some days I'll just eat a lot. And then I'll wake up and I'm like, I don't need food. And I may not eat till the next night. Um, you know, so like 24 hour fasts, 
are just kind of, they just kind of happen naturally on this diet over time. Um, and, and that's, that's very common, you know, with others on, in the community. So yeah, it just depends. But like, you know, um, for example, if I'm like, if I'm like, I don't know, I have like some goals that I'm trying to hit, like working out or whatever, and I'll have like a, an intake that I want to hit, you know, there are certain limitations to all of us. Like some people just can't eat that much all in one meal, Yeah. you know? And so, um, you need to take that into consideration. So sometimes I'll eat like more meals spaced out throughout the day to try and like, you know, get more in or whatever. So, yeah, I mean, generally speaking, um, I, 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 you know, my, my diet consists of mostly, you know, meats, animal foods, um, a little fruit and veggie, like as I'm experimenting or trying things, most of the time I don't have them, um, or I'll have very little of it. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, that's kind of, you know, a whole separate topic, but like, you know, we had, uh, we had our first kid a couple years ago and when I was carnivore, I'm like, oh yeah, all you need is meat and nothing else. It's fine. You know? And it's like, well, it doesn't really work that way for babies. Like they can eat milk, but they can't eat meat right away. Yeah. Um, and so like, what does that transition look like? And so there's an amazing anthropologist that I, that I love the work of that basically describes this concept, um, where, he, he, well, he makes the argument that the human digestive system is so bad compared to like every other animal that it's like, it's, it's pathetic. We've given, we've, we've basically outsourced all of our digestion um, to the outside world in preparation and all this stuff. And then like, we just eat the most nutrient dense, most easily digestible foods that we can to feed our big brain and, you know, in our other efforts. Yeah. Um, Cause our brains are so expensive relative to everything else, you know, and all that. So he makes the argument that like the, the human digestive system is really only properly designed to eat one food and that's mother's milk and everything else after that is like, you know, an adaptation, you're, you're, you need to prepare it and do all these things for it. Um, so anyways, yeah, again, that's like a, a whole rabbit hole, but how you get like babies fed and how you, you know, how you get them onto new foods and like when their digestive enzymes pick up for certain foods is, is a fascinating topic. Hmm. Um, yeah. So you being a family man, do you find it hard to, to stay on this carnivore diet? Is this something that you're doing by yourself or does your, does your family do it as well? Or. Yeah. Great question. Yeah. When I, when I first started, it was definitely just me uh, and everybody thought I was crazy. So like, you know, the Thanksgivings and stuff were, were awkward. Just eating Turkey. (laughs) What's that? You're just eating the Turkey. (laughs) Yeah. I was just eating the Turkey. No gravy, no nothing. I mean, everybody was like, what? That's you're going to die. Like that's not a good idea. <laughs> Your dad pulls you, know? you aside, son, we need to have a talk. <laughs> right. Right. So yeah. Um, but over the years, you know, it's like, and, and I think that's what's so powerful about the carnivore, you know, movement is that like, it's not like a theory and then like you hope it works or whatever. Like it's come out, it's come out here in the last few years because it's results driven. Like people are doing it and it's working in spite of everything you've probably heard, you know, growing up and everything in the time that we're living in. And by the way, meat has not been bad throughout all of history. Most of it, it's been, you know, um, prized and, and all that. But in recent times, you know, it's, it's kind of gotten a bad name. Um, but uh, yeah, so over time, as the results worked for me and people were kind of seeing it and, and wondering about it, you know, like, 
um, family members started trying it. Not everybody, but like my wife, for example, tried it and, and got, you know, in great shape, um, lost some weight that she wanted to get rid of and, um, you know, had great results. And so, um, you know, and, and she never did like the full beef salt water version. She always kept her coffee with cream in her diet. Um, and, and basically did carnivore outside of that. And, and that's what she did. And she'll add foods in now and experiment or whatever. Um, you know, father-in-law did it, had great results, lost a bunch of weight is still doing it. So, um, yeah. Yeah. That's cool. That's awesome. So do you have like a, a super nice grill out back where you smoke all your meats and stuff? <laughs> I, you know, I don't, it's funny. Like, wow, that's surprising. Yeah. <laughs> I figured it'd be a, a meat, ma- a meat chef master at this point, you know? Right. Yeah. I mean, I, it's on my list. I, I'll probably get something set up this summer. Um, but, uh, no, I've been, I mean, I had a barbecue, but I actually, you know, it just kind of got worn down outside or whatever, stopped using it about a year ago. Everything I've been doing is mostly in the oven or on the on the pan. And and honestly, you you end up cooking so much meat with this way of eating that you're just like, whatever, just all right, I'm ready to eat. You know, yeah. sear, sear, and you're good. Um, these days I do tend to like make you know meals a little more fun. Um, and you might see that in some of my content or whatever. Like I do like to, you know, make some good meals. So like a T-bone or you know, a tomahawk, that's always fun. Um and preparing them in different ways. Um, well, I would yeah. think that you would like make a bunch, like make a big batch at the beginning of the week. Like you would smoke a bunch of T-bone steaks, ribeyes, ribs, right. uh, you know, whatever you want on the grill. Uh, and then you'd just put it all in the fridge and you eat it throughout the week when you're hungry. I mean, that would probably be the easiest meal prep, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. That's the easiest way to do it. And I, I did do that a lot at first. I think that, um, I, I, you know, personally, I got away from that because there's, there's all these like nuances to it. So like, um, you know, meat that's been cooked a long time or, um, stored for a long time, um, builds up what's called histamine. And so, you know, like you've heard of histamine cause you'll take antihistamines for like allergies and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so at one point on the carnivore diet, I had like a pretty high uh, histamine intolerance. So I could really only eat like fresh meat. If I ate like older meats, you know, meats that have been in the fridge for a while, I just would get like really tired. And like, how long is a while? Do you think like a, like a week or like longer than two days or, or what? Yeah. So, I mean, at, at the worst, like years ago, my histamine intolerance was so high that like, basically I just had to eat like fresh meat and nothing like left over that oh, night wow. or whatever. Yeah. Um, it was bad, but like, that's a, that's a nuance that like not everybody experiences, yeah. but it can be, can be something of note that like, if you find yourself tired and you're eating leftovers, you might have a, a histamine intolerance. Um, yeah. So Interesting. I, I, got, I got away from it then. And I just kind of got used to eating, you know, fresh meat as often as possible now. Yeah. Just cooking as you go. Yeah. Yeah. And today I do eat leftovers, you know, don't get me wrong. I just, I don't tend to cook them in bulk anymore. Yeah. So uh another question is you know we're talking about a lot of different cuts and a lot of different meat um and and even kind of your your progress of over the past years being you know going from kind of just cheap ground beef to ribeyes and tomahawks which is a little a little bit more pricey uh where do you get your meat from uh is there any place you know do you have a specific butcher or do you go to 
Costco know, and buy store, in bulk. Or, yeah, Costco <laughs> yeah. or Walmart. Are there places that you stay away from? Are there certain cuts? Uh, like uh, I know there's like you know Prime or different things like that. Are there certain cuts that you stick with, or tell us a little bit yeah. about your how and where you get this you select your meat from. Yeah, great question. So when um, when I started and I, I realized that like oh I'm gonna st- I'm gonna keep doing this for a while, so I better figure this out. I bought a, a freezer big enough for a full steer. Oh, cool. Uh, so like 400 pounds I can fit in the garage. And so I was doing that. I started buying, I think I, the, my first bulk purchase was a quarter, you know, a quarter steer, quarter cow, whatever you want to call it, um, then a half and a full. Now, so I was doing that for a while, sourcing it locally. Um, and so you can really save um, by doing that. So I would recommend like if you're doing this, like buying in bulk is a great option. Um, and, um, you know, and, and, and then you can like, I don't know. So there's, there's this whole thing with like, what kind of quality are you getting and, and that whole, um, topic. So just real quick on it, you know, like most of the meat that you buy in the grocery store is grass fed gra- and grain finished. Um, and then you'll see, as you're probably well aware of that there's grass, finished or um, 100% grass-fed meat they'll advertise in the stores as well and it'll typically have like a little bit of a different taste and texture um, and it's usually more expensive um, and the and and so I guess I'm trying to keep it short without going into all the details but yeah basically most meat is grown you know it's it's raised and in the last 90 days or more they fatten them up before slaughter and what they fatten them up with is a bunch of you know fattening foods like corn and soy and all this stuff. Um, and so that makes the production, you know, you know, more efficient, cheaper, that whole thing, fattier meat content, um, you know, fattier meat. So, you know, there's more marbling, that whole thing. So a lot of people like and prefer that kind of meat. Um, and then, you know, when you look at like grass finished meat and there, there is a distinction there. So there's, (laughs) so there's, Grass fed meat is unfortunately like kind of thrown around a lot, but like everything qualifies as grass fed meat because all cows eat grass. So the distinction depends on, it depends on the finishing. Exactly. So grass finished is where it makes the big difference. And I don't even think they have to be grass finished in order to claim a hundred percent grass fed. They can say a hundred percent grass fed. I'm pretty sure without being a hundred percent great grass finished. Uh, at least last I looked, it was, it was a while ago now. I don't know if anything's changed. Um, so anyways, you know what you get when you go to, you know, an actual ranch or farm, uh, especially if it's local or whatever, or, you, you know, get it online from a reputable source, um, you know, and, and then you can get, you know, grass finished if that if that's what you're after. Mm-hmm. And I will say that, you know, on the carnivore diet, I became like hyper aware of the different tastes and textures of the meat. And I felt significantly better health-wise, energy and all that, eating just grass-fed, grass-finished meats. And um, I don't feel as good as eating the grain-finished meats. But that's not to say that everybody will feel that way. So everybody's a little different. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's yeah, I just want to make, I kind of wanted to let your viewers know, or you guys know that there's a little bit of a distinction yeah. there. But to this day, like, I'll still eat, like, you know, a wide range so it's like if if we're looking to save you know a little bit of money and just go get some meat for the weekend or whatever 
we're happy to go to Costco and, you know, and, and get some meat there. They always have a good, you know, good kind of meat that's grass fed grain finished. And that's, that's fine. Um, but I would say the majority of the meat that I eat is grass fed grass finished. And I like to source it. Um, there's a local ranch here in California, in Northern California that I bought from a long time, um, called Stemple Creek. Um, and there's another one that I just got some meat from that's awesome. They're down in Southern Cal and they, they're partnering with others across the states. They're called perennial pastures, excellent meat. And they mail um, it, they mail it to you or something like in a freezer box, yeah. like a yeah. ice chest. Yeah. In a freezer box. Yeah. Cool. In fact, when I first started all this, I did the the sort of biggest name in the space, which is butcher box. Mm-hmm. They, they, there's a, that's a big name out there. And like, so I was like, okay, I'll, I'll do that. Um, and so, yeah, I did butcher box for a while. So there's, there's a, and that's, what's so cool about today. Like you, you can go online and you can order meat from almost anywhere. It's incredible. Yeah. So yeah, that's cool. So I want to make sure we talk about like what the, what are the what are the benefits? Uh, yeah, I know you kind of touched on this here and there throughout our conversation, but maybe you could talk more directly about like what benefits have you seen uh, from doing this type of diet? Yeah, um, so it's it's one of those weird things where it's like some of it's like un, it's like the list is so long it's it sounds like it can't be true or whatever, but like literally the benefits for me have been like. I'll tell you, like, I don't even know where to start, honestly. Like, so I grew up, always had digestive issues, always had, you know, um, I, you know, issues like putting on weight was always skinny, that whole thing. And, um, so like immediately, like I could, like it, it, I could put on weight and, um, my digestion, you know, it took a while, but it like got to a point where I was like, Oh, this is what it feels like to be normal. Like, this is just like in no pain. That's had never experienced it before. Um, so, you know, digestion, it, it was a complete game changer. Um, energy just like, it's a different energy. So good, clean, motivated, like stable energy that like doesn't really go up or down. Um, which is, um, and, and just at a higher level overall as a baseline, um, which is really cool. And then like, as far as mental goes too, like, um, I don't know, I was, I was always a kid that like struggled in school and like didn't have the patience for it or whatever. And then like, um, I just found on this diet that like, every, you know, like normally what, what I would read or whatever, I'd forget the next day. Like I could just remember more things and I was sharper. I could, you know, like, communicate better so like just my brain was just working on another level um weird things like i used to sunburn within like 15 minutes of being outside Hmm. and like now i don't sunburn and when i do it takes like over an hour and it heals the next day it's crazy um Hmm. and and that comes back by the way my sunburn stuff as soon as i have like you know plants um depending on the type and how much that sort of like baseline inflammation comes back. It's weird stuff. Um, you know, my smell got better, vision got better, uh, sleep got better um, over time. Like everything imaginable basically basically got better. Um, and so, yeah. And then like whenever I like, you know, veer off of it a little bit, um, it, it, you know, it tends to like go the other way where I get a little slower, get a little more lethargic. 
maybe get some digestive issues, that kind of thing. Yeah. You mentioned brain fog. Uh, can you help us understand why people talk about brain fog? What is brain fog? Man, I heard this term so many times going into this and never understood it. <laughs> exactly. So like, like, until I didn't have it. And so, and maybe you don't have it. So I'm not saying that that's the case for you, but like, yeah. Um, it's like, I don't know. It's like when you grab a book and you go to read it and you just like, can't focus. You're like, I just don't, I can't read this. It's not, my brain doesn't want to do this. Yeah. Um, and it's something that you actually do want to do. You just can't at the moment, maybe. Um, hmm. It's kind of like that. That goes away. Your brain's just like, oh, everything makes sense. Oh, I understand what he said. Oh, I understand what she said. I remember what he said. I remember what she said. And you can recall those things. And like, everything's just working properly. Yeah. Um, yeah. I guess it's, that's it's the only time I've ever tried to describe it, but that's how I would do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean, I, I, th I think I can definitely remember some times when I'm just having a conversation with someone and I'm like, what did you even say? You know, like, or I think I feel like I have that fog or like I'm at work and I'm just like out, like in, I'm just like zoned out. I'm just like, man, I don't want to be here. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's like that. Car, it's like that carb hangover, like that heavy Thanksgiving dinner where you're just like, you want to take a nap. Yeah. You don't want to do anything. I guess that would, that's, that's another way to look at it. Yeah. But there's also been a couple times where I'll have like even at work or something like that. Like you'll have, you'll just feel like you're just on, right? You just feel like you're you're hitting all these words and and it's there and you're just on top of it. And it's almost like you can think faster than you can speak and it's everything is just prepared. I've been that in that situation before, and then I walk out of a meeting or a presentation. I'm like, dude, what? Where did that come from? It just felt like I was just. In, in your flow just state, yeah. boom, 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 yeah. and I guess I never really attributed that to maybe a, a diet or something that I specifically ate, or you know, there's probably some self confidence and stuff in there as well. But mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, you could definitely kind of feel when you're a little feeling a little foggy and you can't quite grasp that uh, <clears throat> next word. You know, today mm. I think I had like four Rice Krispie treats and two fruit roll-ups <laughs> and, and everything else. So it's just like, yeah, I yeah. can definitely see how that would be beneficial. Even just taking anything that's like these, everything is so preserved nowadays. Just taking all these preservatives out of your life and and yeah. just getting more to down to the basics uh, is just beneficial. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, like, um, I don't, yeah, just... For, for the brain fog thing, like I, I was at a point where I was like always in that state, even no matter what I ate, like I was eating healthy, so to speak, and I was still feeling that way. So that's why I got to a place where it's like I ended up doing something such as so extreme as, as like carnivore, like beef, salt, water. Um, and it just happened to open up these doors that I'd never opened before. And I was like, oh, this is what this is what life can truly be like, you know. Mm. And um, yeah, so back to like your point with like processed foods and stuff, like most people you'll experience like the majority of the benefits by just eliminating those kinds of foods from your diet. You know, like you don't have to go full crazy carnivore, um, but you can include more of these, you know, nutrient rich foods like meats and, and good fats and, and maybe dairy if you tolerate the organ meats every now and then. And, and it can be a game changer, you know, so, um, yeah, yeah, that's what I would say. And I think that, you know, that's kind of what I'm trying to do with like my brand is present it in a way that's like, you know, it's fun to eat healthy and eat good. 
Um, and, uh, and if you want to like figure out if you have like sensitivities or other issues and stuff, like this is a path you could take. You could try this out. You could do like carnivore for five days, 10 days, 30 days or whatever. And, and there are people in the community that will say like, you experience all the benefits really like four, six, eight weeks into it. And you kind of have to ride it out. And unfortunately, mm -hmm. largely that is true. So I'm trying to figure out how to navigate that. Like, I don't want to force anybody or tell anybody they got to do it a certain way, but there are some interesting benefits that come only with time yeah. as your body adjusts. Um, because, you know, coming from a regular diet, you've never just run off, you know, meat and fat and nothing else. And so yeah. there's a lot of stuff that happens to adjust to that. And I like to think of the story of like, this um, Arctic explorer, Willemer Stephenson, if I'm saying his name right, 100 years ago, uh, he spent a lot of time with the Inuit and he would take guys with him on some of his trips where he'd live with them for months or years at a time. And he described this where it's like anybody that he took with him from, you know, the Eastern United States or whatever, uh, over into, you know, Northern Canada um, to live with the Inuit, if they went with them on a short trip, like less than six months, basically none of them wanted to go do it again. It was like a miserable experience. They didn't like the food, blah, blah, blah. But if they got over the six month mark, they were like, oh, I, yeah, I could do that again. And that tends to be what happens like in the hardcore carnivore community where it's like you hit the six month mark and just something different happens. And uh, some people, it only takes a month or two, depending on your health or whatever. And some people longer. Um, but for me personally, that's basically what happened by like month, like five and six, I got to another level that I had never experienced before. Um, and so I know that like, if things get really out of whack and I need to go back to a healthy baseline and get to my best, I know what path to take, you know? Yeah. Uh, Interesting. So, so your brand is, is meat powered, right? <laughs> Um, maybe where, where can our listeners find you? Uh, and then as well, kind of what, what are you trying to do with that? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, on, uh, all of the major platforms like TikTok and Instagram, Facebook, even YouTube, I'm on there a little bit. Uh, it's just meat powered at meat powered. Um, and I, like right now I'm just making short videos, trying to make as much content as I can. Um, and, uh, you know, writing guides and, you know, like meal plans, kind of all that stuff, sort of building a community around it. Um, yeah. And then as far as like my vision for it goes, like it's <clears throat> so I, yeah, um, I have a lot to say. And since I don't talk about it too regularly, I don't know how to keep it short, but <laughs> um, like just, I don't know, like, so you want you want to make you want to make a positive impact in people's yeah. lives through Absolutely. through from what I see and and kind of what and and maybe we can lead this into into our final question as well, right? Is that you have had all of these amazing experiences and you have gone on this journey in your life over the past you know seven plus years of figuring out something that has made you feel amazing and we had somebody on the podcast one time that uh he, he said a really interesting thing and he was like you know there's there is nothing that feels better than helping people mm -hmm. and getting paid to do it right <laughs> and so it was just uh, uh really kind of cool and so and so maybe what i'll do is we'll kind of link that question with our with our final question um mm -hmm. it, which is 
kind of around your personal creed. We always ask our our guests around uh, about their own personal creed, and a creed obviously can be um, uh, really long and big and, and planned out, or it can be something that we're still developing. I think we're all kind of trying to develop our creed. So, a creed is a a set of belief beliefs or principles that help to guide our day to day actions. Uh, it can be a, a you know a mantra, a quote, a scripture, a philosophy, or whatever it may be. Um, but uh, we would love to hear from you a little bit about your personal creed, and then maybe how that ties into kind of your your branding and and meat powered. Yeah, absolutely. In your vision. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I will make it a little bit longer if you don't mind. Just That's okay. I'm yeah. Trying. Go ahead. Yeah, it is, it is a work in progress. So. One of the things that stuck out to me and something I learned uh, in the last few years was um, uh, about the uh, grant study done at Harvard that's like still going on to this day. It's been going on for about 80 years. And um, they've studied these people all, you know, this entire time throughout their lives and tried to figure out, you know, like sort of, um, you know, just interesting things like what makes someone successful, not so successful anything and everything you could learn from these people by surveying them over these, you know, regularly over these years. And they even survey the children and, and then grandchildren as well, as much as they can. Um, and the, the biggest thing that stuck out to me was the researchers described that the, um, the biggest predictor or um, I don't know if I, predictor is the right way to say it, but the thing that determined the best or the thing that affected the best outcome for <clears throat> for kids later in life was like not where they were born, the family they were born into, the money, the job they even, you know, ended up getting or whatever, or school that they went to, none of that stuff that you might think. It, the, the number one thing was growing up in a warm household. So the way the researchers described a warm household is um, it, that it didn't even have to be a parent. It could have been a caretaker, you know, a grandmother, um, anybody that just created that sort of warm environment. And um, and so I thought like, well, okay, like in order to make the biggest change in the world, then to get the best outcomes for the future generations, if you could make as many warm households as possible, you'd be off to a pretty good start. So I kind of like had the idea in my head for a number of years and try to figure out like like how I can make an impact at the biggest scale possible because like why not just go for go for it you know um yeah and i realized over the last few months and years thinking about this like what i want to do um that like i'm at my best and i create a warm household when 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 i'm at my best and it just so happens that like it have you know it's it's like directly related to what i'm eating like it makes all the difference for me and it tends to make a big difference for many other people, you know? And so, um, you know, this, this way of this, this lifestyle that I live, it works for me. And like, every time, like I kind of like, for example, when I go off the rails a little bit and have some food at the holidays, I may be tired. So I'm not as patient, you know, with my family as I could be, you know, I'm not, um, I'm not as energetic, you know, as I could be. Um, I'm not motivating. I'm not like waking up saying, okay, let's go have some fun today. Any of those kinds, of, you know, all those things that you want to be as, you know, a better person, a better father, you know, husband, 
whatever. Um, and so, yeah, I was like, well, every time I like, I I'm doing what I need to do to be the best version of me. Um, it creates a warmer household here. So, you know, maybe I can share that with others. And so I've like found a way to communicate that through this, you know, wild and crazy brand called meat powered. That's like, a, you know, it's a little, it's, um, it's a little over the top in its naming, you know, and it's like, it's, it's kind of like, you know, whatever, but like, that's also kind of what I want to bring to the world is more energy, more fun, you know, like, and, um, basically get people into like, what I'm thinking is more of like the prime of their life. Like, you know, you see athletes, they're typically in the prime of their life in like their, you know, you know, thirties or so give or take depending on the sport. But it's like, like I'm in my late thirties now and I feel better than I ever did in my twenties. And I plan to continuously feel better and better over time and stay in my prime. Mm -hmm. So, um, like, I'm just like, I'm kind of playing with that idea that like, that's like my mission, like to help people get into their prime and stay there. Um, cause then you can, you're a better version of yourself. The whole world gets better, et cetera. So yeah, I, I would say like, that's, that's basically, yeah, where I'm coming from. I, I love that, man. I think that, you know, that's right in line with what Ethan and I are trying to do with this podcast, uh, is help people, uh, build their personal creeds to live principal lives, uh, and, 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 and what you eat and what you intake is, is part of that. I mean, our dad would always just say, you know, you are what you eat. And he said, if you put, you know, we would you know, eat when we were eating like cinnamon toast crunch, something like that. He's like, man, that's like putting sand in your engine. And, <laughs> and, uh, as I get older, I'm like, yeah, that's probably true. Uh, you know, that what, what you eat, uh, is what you are, uh, essentially, cause that's the fuel that your body is taking in. And so I love that mission that you have now. I, I just want a quick question about your website. I know that, um, you can have, have email list, uh, where folks can submit their emails. What, uh, what do you send out with that? Yeah. So, um, ever since like I posted these videos like, a couple months ago now and everything blew up, I'm like, Whoa, you know, I need to get some content like that I can email out and, and, and guides and all that. So I've been working on that a lot. Um, and so right now, like if you sign up to my email list, I send out a, a free guide that basically just breaks down the three levels level one, two, and three. And then, um, I'm planning on sending out a ton of stuff in the future. Like I want to build this thing over 10 plus years. So it's a long-term thing for me. Yeah. Um, but I basically want to be the resource for this lifestyle and, and help people, you know, get to the best version of themselves, whatever, you know, whatever that looks like. And, um, yeah, so, you know, working on meal plans and stuff and other things will come, uh, pretty shortly here, actually. I've been, yeah, I was working on them right before we hopped on here. Awesome. Um, yeah. Yeah. Very so, good. if you're looking for maybe some more information, more detailed information that we were able to fit into, you know, an hour or so long podcast, go to uh, uh, Meat Power. Brandon, Brandon, Brandon's website, meatpower.com. Yep. And, uh, and we'll, we'll put that in the show notes as well as your yeah. Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube channels. So, you guys can click that if you go to the show notes. And uh, I will say your 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 videos are good too. They're kind of cinematic with some of the cooking and everything else. I know those take a lot a lot, a lot of, of effort and everything to put together. So, um, you know, I th I think everyone will benefit from maybe exploring a little bit more into what fits best in their diet and in consuming and putting into your body. I really like the 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 idea, maybe the philosophy of kind of cutting some things out in these different stages 
and then saying that, you know, well, I'm going to cut out this one thing and see if it, how it makes me feel. And if I feel better, then, okay, I know that I'm going to cut that thing out and then maybe something else and, and kind of maybe restricting it down to the base model and then adding things in slowly to say, oh, my body did not like that. Or, you know, I noticed when I ate that, I like the next day I went out and got super sunburned, right? That's just some crazy <laughs> thing that you, you think that you, you wouldn't think of. Yeah, um, it, it is crazy. Yeah. Yeah, and that's that's basically how I look at it. Like, I do think that it's probably smart. If you don't have any, like, conditions or you're, like, looking to get, like, super ripped and get lean and all that stuff really fast, if you're just looking to, you know, get started in this, I do think it's really smart to start there and, like, maybe slowly, um, you know, at the baseline level one, just eat more nutrient-rich foods um, and then, you know, consider eliminating some things and see how it goes. And then work your way through like that. That's basically what I do. I go up and down between the levels. I use them as tools, you know, kind of like a, I don't know, a bodybuilder or a fighter, you know, they get in shape for the show or the fight or whatever, you know? And so they have different, most of the time, you know, they have different regimens yeah. for that. Um, and, uh, and yeah. And, um, so yeah. if somebody wanted to get super lean or super cut, yeah. what would, what would the, you would just suggest the meat, salt and water. Yeah, I mean, you know, I don't know, like Arnold Schwarzenegger built his body mostly on steak and eggs. I mean, it works, you know, that's been a very common like thing for a long time. You know, there was a guy in uh, in the 70s that made like steak and eggs a really big thing. Um, oh, man, I'm blanking out on his name, but yeah. Anyways, uh, it's just, it works, you know, like, and everybody knows that you cut out carbs, you tend to lose weight. And it's like, the, the, the cool thing is like when you're eating steak, you're getting like everything your body needs from, you know, um, for the most part. I mean, you know, if you want to get a little, you know, multivitamin or some organ meats or a little bit of other foods in there, you know, certainly that's that makes a lot of sense for most people. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah. Cool. Well, Brandon, thank you so much for joining us today. We really appreciate it. And uh, for our listeners, go check them out and let's build that creed together. Thank right. you. Thank right, you, Brandon. Let's do it. Thank, Thank you, Brandon. You